Welcome to the bus stop. This is the official podcast of the National School Transportation Association. I am Kurt Mackison, Executive Director of NSTA. And in the news this week, we're going to discuss uh, S-2278, sponsored by Senator Tammy Duckworth of Illinois. She's the ranking member on the Senate Commerce Committee. And this legislation has nine different mandates to the school bus. Uh, including things like uh, flame retardant seats, seat belt alarms, electronic stability control, automatic emergency braking systems, fire suppression systems, three-point seat belts, event data recorders, motion-activated detection systems, and so it's a wide variety of mandates on the school bus. Um, NSTA has convened a task force to look at all these mandates and to review them to come up with a position which we will launch at our midwinter meeting down in Scottsdale, Arizona. So with that, you'll be hearing more about S-2278, and that's sponsored by Senator Tammy Duckworth of Illinois. And like I mentioned, she's the ranking member on the Senate Commerce Committee. So at the bus stop this week, we're so pleased to have Congresswoman Jackie Walorski Indiana's 2nd District uh, on the show. Uh, welcome, Congresswoman Walorski. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here. Uh, listen, it's our pleasure. Um, you know, in, in you know, prepping, you know, for these podcasts, I was reading, you know, some of your background, and you certainly didn't take a traditional path to elected office, <laughs> and I think it'd be great. <laughs> yeah, that's an understatement. Um, yeah. But for the listeners, can you t- highlight your background with Impact International as well as uh, a television reporter? Sure. You know, um, I've always had this desire to help people, and it was really interesting. Um, when I worked as a TV reporter, it was a CBS affiliate, uh, like middle grade, middle class station in northern Indiana. And it really gave me a chance, like no other chance, to actually see the inner workings of our of my own community, of you know what were the great things the community did, what were some of the areas where people needed help, and it just kind of like really trained me how to keep an ear to the ground and how to see, you know, how to help people. And sometimes people need advocates, and sometimes they need people to, you know, bring down the mountains for them. And, I became very interested in, you know, helping fix some of the problems in my own community just from that experience. And then my husband and I were missionaries in the country of Romania. We lived in the capital of Bucharest. We were there during 9-11, and um, that was profound. You know, we were involved in feeding hungry people, taking medical supplies to dying children. And so we saw massive need on a scale that I had never seen before. But that, again, just kind of, I, I think, put that desire inside of me that if there's a way to help, if there's a bridge to build, I want to be involved in that. So, no, it, was, it wasn't the normal path, probably, but it's a path that, uh, that we lived and definitely worked for me. And there isn't a day that I'm in Congress that I don't remember some of the, you know, just huge lessons that we learned along the way, whether at a TV station or in, in another country. So when you decide, decided to take the plunge, um, I'm sure some of that uh, uh, experience inspired you to run for office first at the state level. It really did. It was, you know, we returned from nine, from uh, Romania right after 9-11. And if you remember, um, you know, the nation was in, the, the, our nation was just in chaos, trying to rebuild, trying to figure out the next step, where to go. 
And, you know, it just, I had just really reflected when I was in Romania, what was going on at my state level and what kind of things needed to happen at our, my own state of Indiana. So I got involved. And then uh, a few years later, I decided to run for Congress where I'm serving my fourth term. And, and very grateful, I'll say, I am very grateful to be a member here and um, to work across the aisle in a bipartisan way to just make life better for the American people and to continue to bring very common sense Hoosier solutions to the table. Because every single day there's problems that are very, very big. But what I found out being here is that the opportunity to serve my district and my state is it's a great honor. And then to work across the aisle and actually find solutions that work and be able to pass bills and make things better is really why I'm here. Yeah. And I'm sure your focus overall didn't change all that much from the state level to the congressional level. But, you know, maybe for the listeners, what are some of the differences that maybe you're encounter- you encountered at the state level and now the, the focus is slightly different now that you're you're in Congress? Sure. It really is kind of, you know, it's the difference between kind of like looking through binoculars. You know, you can look through your own glasses and serve a house seat at a state level. But in a binocular kind of a sense, when you're looking, you know, my district now is three quarters of a million people. And, it, you know, it's hard to see every one of them every single day. But, you know, as a whole, you know, everybody has everybody has problems. But the solutions aren't nearly as difficult as what some people might think, because if you are able to tackle something very similar on the state level, you know, a lot of the states are kind of um, experiments in classrooms. And then we take those, you know, good results and we try to model those at the federal level so that we've already done a lot of the tests and we've already run the program. And we try to bring those phenomenal kinds of results of things that work to the federal level and, you know, make things better for the American, for every American and every American has a shot at the American dream. So whatever we can do, you know, to bring good ideas here, work across the aisle, make them happen, it's just on a much larger platform. Yeah, and we appreciate all that, uh, you know, you do, um, you know, not only for the state of Indiana, but, you know, nationwide as well, because there is a, a toll, you know, I'm sure with, you know, your your family life and, and you know, other, other things that, um, Regular folks are used to that. Uh, I'm sure our listeners would be curious to know, you know, what is this question probably doesn't an, have an answer, but what is a typical day in the life of a member of Congress? Yeah, to your point, I'm not sure there is a typical day, but uh, by and large, um, today I flew in. And so today is considered a fly in day. And, you know, I get to my office and, and my scheduler puts in as many individual meetings with people as we can, like 20 minute blocks. And these are people that come in from all over the country. Some might come from my district. Some might come from someplace else, but they have an issue that they want me to know about. So I meet with folks every day. When the House is in session, I participate in the Ways and Means Committee hearings. And so, um, you know, that's legislation that has to do with any piece of revenue um, that we're going to talk about in Congress goes through that committee. And so there's always something going on. And then we go to the House floor and we debate other bills. And then we vote at least once a day on bills. And, you know, as it goes, you know, if a bill passes the House, it goes to the Senate. If it passes the Senate and there's agreement, then it goes to the president's desk. The president signs it. And that's really how a bill kind of gets through the process. But very few, very few bills survive. Very few bills make it to the president's desk. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. You know, we don't want 
such an overregulated society that we can't move as uh, freedom in America. So I think it's a good process. And this, you know, we do the exact same system that our our original members of Congress did. Um, you know, when they came and actually pulled our states together, same parliamentary procedures, same readings and tradition of how we even open the house up with um, the pledge to the flag and um, an opening prayer. It's very, very traditional. And in that regard, it is just such an honor to go through every single day the way that everybody else has that has governed our country. Yeah. Um, and for folks who haven't, you know, had the experience of going to the Capitol, it's well, you know, worth their, you know, their time to see democracy in action. Um, one of the, one of the bills we hope makes it to the president's desk right. um, is the Stop for School Buses Act of 2019, H.R. 2218. You've co-sponsored that with Congresswoman Julia Brownlee. Can you yes. just give us a brief, you know, su summary of why this legislation is so important to you? Sure, absolutely. We had a tragic loss of young people in bus-related crashes, including last year in my district in northern Indiana. It's a devastating reminder that life is precious and how fast things happen. So I think that we've all got the responsibility to exercise caution when students are present. So I've seen profound tragedy because of illegal passing of stopped school buses. But I've also seen how in my area, Hoosiers come together to help their neighbors and find solutions that work. So it's an effort that requires cooperation at every level. So I'm pleased to know that we have this and we have this Stop for School Buses Act. And, you know, one of the things that it does, a couple of things that it does is um, kind of looking at ways that we can help the entire country. Every single school district is different. They all have different problems. There's no cookie cutter approach, um, you know, to every single district and what different states look like. And they all have different needs. But this would direct the U.S. Department of Transportation to conduct a comprehensive nationwide review of efforts to prevent illegal passing of school buses, including laws, technology, and driver education material. So they would also then, at the federal level, create a public safety message campaign to promote safe driving around school buses. So one of the things that I did recently is I participated in the School Bus Technology Showcase on Capitol Hill and learned myself technology and kind of from the eyes of the actual bus driver, why technology matters, why it's absolutely worth making sure that every school corporation knows, you know, the best part of what actually works. So instead of every state having to do studies and compare and contrast different kinds of technology, this actually paves the way nationally. So when the report would come out, everybody would know, every school corporation would know, hey, this is the best, you know, this is the best in the market. This is what it does. This has been the best results so that we don't have people, you know, just throwing money, trying to uh, provide an answer and knowing that it would be a patchwork. So this actually brings a comprehensive unit together. And um, I'm excited. I, I just... It was interesting. I sat in the driver's seat of that bus on that day and had a chance to watch as, you know, a car came up from my left as I'm sitting there in that driver's seat. And then knowing that, you know, uh, the license plate was being captured, the stop arm was out, there was a vocal voice coming through that bus telling, you know, students, stay on the curb, don't come across. It, the array of technology available 
is unbelievable. And I really do believe when you partner technology with educational materials, we will make a difference. And we have to make a difference because there shouldn't be a parent out there in our nation that has to worry whether their child who gets on that school bus is going to be able to come home, leave, go to school, and come home safely delivered back to where they live. That shouldn't be a question. We should, at the national level, be able to figure this out for the states. And so, you know, it's by it's bipartisan, it's bicameral, has a lot of support. And yeah, that is my desire that this bill passes and goes to the president's desk. I think it's um, it, it seems like a, probably a common sense type of thing to a lot of people, but it's and it's necessary. And that's why you see bipartisan, bicameral, the House and the Senate, because everybody understands that child safety is of the utmost importance, and it's the least we can do at the federal level to make this easier to protect kids. Yeah, one of the interesting things, I, I think, with that that demonstration on Capitol Hill was that we originally had a demonstration car that was going to be the quote-unquote illegal passer, <laughs> and then yeah. we ultimately found out we didn't even need the demonstration <laughs> car because there were enough illegal passers out there. You know, it's amazing. I know. I remember that. And, and it's amazing when I'm home, I, just, I was just in the district for the last couple, about a week and a couple of days. And, you know, as I'm out running around in my own district, I am very aware, very aware now, especially because of this bill that we've been working on of school buses. And I've, I'm not only observant myself as a driver or a writer or a passenger, but I just have been watching over the last several days of my own community coming together and how it makes such a difference. You know, when you see one person stop for a school bus, you can just see that domino effect of people stopping behind them. And the good standard that it sets that uh, for drivers, you know, to, to reduce their inclination to, you know, if they were distracted, they weren't paying attention. But when you see other cars start stopping, you immediately stop too. And I, I was um, thinking over this past couple of weeks, you know, what a good, good neighbor, what a good standard, what a good example to be setting that if we are responsible drivers, which we need to be, you know, and fall in line, you know, this will become commonplace with a good amount of education and technology in our country. And that's exactly where we want this to be. Yeah, that, and that's incredibly well said. Um, and, and for our listeners out there, just moving forward, can you give them some advice how they can help you? Um, sure. You know, support your efforts on the Stop Act? Absolutely. Every single person has the power to make a difference. So I would encourage your listeners to contact their members of Congress, tell them to support the number of the bill is H.R. 2218-2218, the Stop for School Buses Act. It's important when we're talking about, um, whether we're talking about the technology showcase in October, it's important to get the word out and to make the public aware that technology is there to help find a real solution. And we are determined to make sure that, you know, we are going to combine good technology that works and good education around the country. So I would really encourage people, reach out to your member of Congress. They may not know about it. This is a big place. There's a lot of bills that fly through here every day. But I think that, you know, it's a common sense thing. And if everybody reaches out and does their part, we'll have an unbelievable amount of support to continue to move this bill through. But I also, um, I don't want to overlook the importance, and I just want to thank Safe Fleet for bringing their innovation and their ideas to the table. Their predictive stop arm and the driver alert system, which were both demonstrated at that event in October, those are just two great examples of what the future looks like for bus safety. 
so I tell you, if, if I would tell people, you know what, if, if you're not involved, I would get involved. I'd even go to your local school board and find out what the local school plan is and start getting involved because we're right there. You know, some problems um, that we have around the country, you know, we're waiting for innovation to catch up. We are right there. We're on the cusp of this. We have the technology. Every single day, there's new things available. And so the solution is within arm's reach. And so I would just encourage people, make that phone call, go to your local school board and call your representative and call your senator and just remind them that you would love for them to support H.R. 2218, the Stop for School Buses Act. And I think this is one of the things that you can we can truly say this is an American solution. When you're working at the local, state and federal level all at the same time and you have the population, the people, the momentum and common sense all going together, this is how we get things done at the federal level. And it always starts at the grassroots level. And this did, too. Yeah. And for our social media mavens out there, we know that we can find uh, Congresswoman Walorski. Um, that's W-A-L-O-R-S-K-I at Rep Walorski. That's on Twitter. And then your Facebook handle is Rep Jackie Walorski. And then um, your house account is walorski.house.gov. And so we can't think of a better uh, sponsor for the STOP Act. So on behalf of the National School Transportation Association, Congresswoman Walorski, we thank you so much for your leadership on this. And uh, we wish you a very happy holiday season. Same to you. Thank you so much. It's an honor to speak to you. And I just want to continue to encourage your listeners, activate on this and call your senators and your representatives.